Good morning, everyone. Is this mic working? Sound good? Wonderful. Thank you for coming together to practice on this wonderful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all mothers. We just finished a weekend retreat on an aspect of our awakened heart. In Buddhism, the original word is metta, the word for this aspect of our heart is metta. This is often translated as into English as loving kindness. Um, another translation is loving friendliness or goodwill. And it just so happens that we are having a ceremony later today marking the Buddha's birthday. So today, I would like to give a brief talk about metta and mothers. So I have a newsflash for some of us. Mothers are people. <laughs> this comes as a great surprise to us as we get older. Uh, none of our mothers were perfect some less, less and less perfect. For most of us, there may have been unskillfulness or challenge, um, but also care. So I'd like, just like to acknowledge that in the case where we may have had some deep difficulty with our mothers, unresolved disconnection or old hurt feelings or worse hurts, our avatar of the mother, as I'll talk about, may more genuinely be someone else who cared for us or someone's. And it may be we needed to mother ourselves. One of the challenges, though, in our memory is that um, I find as I think about my own mother, the things that I remember most of all was when I was an adolescent and when I was... Um, uh, uh, cranky and trying to be independent. And uh, as I look at old pictures, I see the pictures of the mothers of my mother's love that I don't remember, the sort of weekly ironing on of new patches on our knees from playing, crawling around on our knees as she took care of three young boys. Um, so, but we all came from our mothers. And there's a reason why during our precept ceremony, we bow in the direction of our parents, living or dead. Because of them, we have this great gift of life. And metta practice can actually help heal disconnections in this realm, if that is true for us, that we feel some disconnection, if there are areas not resolved in our hearts. And that's even true if they're uh, not in this realm anymore if they've died. But as I said, this metaphor of mother, the archetype of mother, um, may be many people, including the great, uh, the great earth mother that we are supported by all the time and that we all come from, this same mother 
mother's figure into the story of the Buddha. There is uh, the transcendent mother, Prajnaparamita, who is referred to as the mother of all Buddhas. And in Tibetan iconography, uh, Prajnaparamita is actually depicted with a human form and venerated in that way and practiced with in that way. Prajnaparamita means the perfection of wisdom, transcendent wisdom, beyond knowing wisdom. And all Buddhas, all awakened beings, or awakening beings like all of us in the process of awakening are born from this realization of wisdom beyond wisdom. And then there's the historical Buddha and his mothers. Queen Maya of the Shakya clan gave birth to her son Siddhartha, who would become the Buddha, and she died in childbirth. Dying from complications due to childbirth was quite ordinary until very recent history. And it's one of the ways the world is improving. More and more women survive giving birth and are able to raise and love their children. But in the Buddha's story, young Siddhartha's mother died. He never knew her. And we have to wonder if his early loss of his mother gave the Buddha insight into impermanence. And we hear the story of the four signs when he sees a sick person and a dying person, an old person. But the Buddha had realized the truth of impermanence from his very first days. How could this early loss of his mother not have affected him? Maya's older sister, Patapaji, raised and loved Siddhartha as her own son. So she was his mother, his stepmother, but it was his mother. The only mother he ever knew and who cared for him and loved him. Later in life, she pleaded with the Buddha to admit her and other women into his Sangha as nuns. So she's also the mother of the nuns order. So she's considered the first woman ancestor and is the mother of all ordained women. One of the things that's interesting is Patapaji remained connected to her sister. It's not so interesting, it's of course ordinary. But in her poem praising the Buddha and the practice of awakening, she poignantly, poignantly in the very last stanza of the poem is devoted to her sister. She says, Surely, for the good of so many, did Maya give birth to Gotama, the Buddha, who burst asunder the mass of pain of those stricken by sickness and death. Surely, for, so, for the good of so many, did Maya give birth to the Buddha. And so many were helped because of that. 
So metta and loving kindness. The metta sutta is a sermon from the Buddha to his followers about the capacity of the human heart. This is what should be done, it begins, by one who is skilled in goodness. Another way that we can read this is this is what can be done. This is what we are capable. In it, he uses the metaphor of a mother's love to point to the capacity of the human heart that is revealed by our practice. The stanza goes, even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, so with a boundless heart can one cherish all living beings. So with a boundless heart does one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded. So with this boundless heart, this boundless mother's heart, does one hold all living beings? The Buddha used this mother to point to that capacity that we all have and is revealed to us in practice. Another translation is, as a mother would risk her life to protect her child, her only child, even so, should one cultivate a limitless heart with regard to all beings, with good will for the entire cosmos, cultivate a limitless heart above, beyond, below, and all around unobstructed. I remember when I was young seeing um, on the news a case of a child who had been stuck under a car and a mother lifting a car to get her child. And that is what the Buddha is pointing to, that kind of capacity. <laughs> so is the Buddha setting a standard? I suppose in a way. Or isn't he saying this is what can be done? And because this practice is based on direct experience, could we read this sutta as the Buddha describing his heart, the Buddha's heart? With this boundless mother heart, one cherishes all living beings radiating kindness over the entire world. Spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards, unbounded. Is this the Buddha describing his heart? What was the Buddha like? He's telling us, 
and inviting us in the practice to reveal this for ourselves. So how do we nurture this capacity, this cultivate, this heart? The refrain in this sutta is, may all beings be at ease. May all beings be at ease. And it turns out, this is the practice. This is the practice. May all beings be at ease. It's no wonder that the Buddha recommended metta practice when experiencing fear, anxiety, and worry, this cultivation of ease. But what's interesting in this sutta is the Buddha talks about how this love radiates outwards and is concerned for other beings. Just as parents, mothers in this sermon, are concerned with their children, so what the Buddha points to is that in the case of anxiety and worry, we take care of our own heart and expound, expand it outwards to include others from the beginning. So our anxiety and worry is concerned, our anxiety and worry is worked with by being bringing outward focus and not being stuck in worry. So this love radiates outwards and is concerned for other beings just as parents are concerned for their children. Their mind, the parent's mind and heart is oriented towards care for a child. So when we are in fear, we take care of our heart and more and more radiate it outwards, more and more inclusive. So let's practice together. The way that we did loving kindness practice was with phrases. The phrases are a kind of blessing or wish, prayer. They're a way to draw us into the practice, remind us and point to point to the orientation, orient the heart. And we have uh, three phrases that we'll use as part of this. So a wish of freedom from fear and anxiety, a blessing of ease, and a wish, a blessing for happiness, peace, joy, courage. So if you like, just beginning the practice together, noticing the sensations of us sitting here together. The sensation of sitting supported by your seat. 
which is ultimately supported by the earth, all our mother. Noticing the touch and temperature, the touch contact with the our seat. Sensations of weight or pressure. The different temperature that the body experiences, coolness and warmth. And the sounds that come and go. Noticing the heart, your heart. And perhaps if you like placing one or both hands on the heart. And doing loving kindness for your heart. That's experienced because you've lived a human life has experienced the range of human experience, joys and sorrows, disappointments, celebration. I'm sending this wish to your own heart. May you, your heart, be free from fear and anxiety. On the outbreath, may you be free from fear and anxiety. May you be at ease. May you be happy. And then taking a moment to check in with your own heart, noticing, is it open? Is it closed? Or is it in between? Just noticing. And in this way, we practiced extending loving kindness to the particular beings that are dear to us, ourselves, our own heart, those we don't know, and those who we feel disconnected from. This simple practice of the wish for ease and taking care of our own heart leads to opens up what the Buddha was talking about, this great mother's love. And this, may all beings be at ease, is the beginning practice. It's the middle practice. 
and it's the ever unfolding culmination of this practice. May all beings be at ease. May all beings be at ease. May all beings be at ease, including all of us. Thank you.